The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay. Tony, we were busy I mean, I, chatting. I, I, if you can just go away, we're <laughs> fine. Yeah, we were, we were having a good time over here, Tony, without you. Thanks anyway, though. You are not going to believe where Jeep is planning on installing charging stations for the upcoming electric Jeep. We have all the details, and just when you thought it was safe to pull cable, we have the one critical item most recovery kits are missing. Do you have it? And don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you in part by Extreme Terrain. Extreme Terrain has released a new video aimed at helping Jeep Wrangler owners choose the best soft top just in time for their summer adventures. The video is an upgrade to Extreme Terrain's comprehensive Jeep Tops tech guide covering everything needed to help customers show, swap, maintain, and even winterize their top with confidence. The JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or just thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road experience or a vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver, also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, I'm Josh, and when it comes to working on Jeeps, I've usually got my work cut out for me. Hi, I'm Tony, and, well, screw this. I'm too excited. Josh, are you excited? Dude, I'm as giddy as a (laughs) schoolgirl. I was ready to squeal. (laughs) I'm going to say it. No, wait, I want to say it. Uh, okay, you say it. All right. No, you no, guys you make me it. sick. I'll say it. <laughs> Jeep Talk Show, the official Jeep podcast of Necks and Tires. Oh, I like that. That sounds good. Thanks, Bill. Wait, Bill's here? <laughs> this is this is why Who you have to come. This? this is why you have to come to the morning meetings. <laughs> yeah, Bill's here, and uh, you, you guys know Wendy. She's normally here, but she's out uh, out of town this week, so she has uh, made a sac- sacrificial Bill. So Bill's joining us tonight. You guys, uh, you Zoom people that are uh, listening to the show right now, uh, you <laughs> you know Bill. Bill's a a, a regular in our, our, our Zoom channel, an official Zoom person. I think uh, Wendy's taking your spot uh, in the Zoom tonight, uh, Bill. Yeah, she's taking my spot from a distance, but I just wanted to mention, too, that I did fill up my tank, so I should be able to make the entire show. <laughs> yeah. No, don't go off-road on a quarter tank, kids. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Hey, it's going to be one spendy Jeep. Well, seeing a Jeep in the lineup surpass $60,000 isn't as shocking as it used to be one day. And well, with the debut of the top-of-the-line Gladiator trims, you can easily spend sixty grand on a Jeep nowadays. But what if the starting point, what if that was just the starting point and it went up from there? Well, that's exactly the price structure for the upcoming Grand Wagoneer. We've been talking about Jeep's return to the full-size market ever since the rumors dropped a couple of years back. 
Well, as the months go by, we get more and more leaked information. More and more concept pictures come out and even a few stories that actually have some merit. Just like this one about price. Features, specs, and all the numbers behind this vehicle, other than the price, have all been kept very secret and played very close to the vest by Jeep and its parent company, FCA. So, what will this thing actually look like? Or what features will it have are still very much unknown. What we do know is that the Grand Wagoneer, when released, will have trim levels that top the $100,000 mark, likely making it the brand's highest-priced vehicle ever released as it attempts to compete against the Cadillac, Land Rover, Range Rover, and others. According to Christian Meunier, global president of Jeep, the return of the Jeep Grand Wagoneer is the return of a premium American icon. Wagoneer will expand to become a portfolio of vehicles that will redefine American premium while delivering a very unique customer experience. For those born after 1985, the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer names were previously used by Jeep for large SUVs from 1963 until 1991. The company had promised to resurrect the Wagoneer name for nearly a decade as a way to become better, as a way to better compete, rather, in the highly profitable large SUV market. But between economic recessions and massive hikes in gas prices, the plans got put on the back burner. Instead, we got the Compass and Patriot and now the Renegade. Well, thankfully, the new line of large SUVs will be offered in two links and compete in both the mainstream and luxury SUV segments. It is a similar strategy to how General Motors, the current and soon-to-be-overthrown industry leader in large SUVs, sells its vehicles across the Chevrolet, GMC, and Cadillac brands. The only other Jeep up to this point to top the $100,000 mark is the current Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, a low-volume, high-performance version of the SUV with Fiat Chrysler's 700-plus horsepower Hellcat V8 engine. It's unclear whether the Grand Wagoneer will have a similar power plant or if it will be a separate model altogether. Or if it will have a high-end, or if it will be a rather high-end version of the Wagoneer, or if it will be offered with bulletproof glass and eye-tracking heads-up displays. Actually, I bet there's more that we don't know at this point than what we actually do know. I, for one, am guessing that the Grand Wagoneer will be a premium version of the Wagoneer, just as GM's Denali trim is for its GMC brand. But time will tell. I think this is a butt-ugly vehicle. <laughs> well, you're, what you're seeing is literally so. If you go and, and search Grand Wagoneer on, you know, for like Google Images or, or or whatever, you're going to see a mixed bag of results. You're going to see the old '80s Grand Wagoneer wood trim, that sort of thing, and you're going to see what are basically concepts. They are just artist illustrations of what we are thinking this thing is going to look like oh, based on the God. spy photos with the you know the big puffy blankets that cover every corner and and face of, of the vehicle and 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 some of the tips and and inclinings we've got from from people in jeep as far as released information goes so all the images that you're seeing are for all intents and purposes a guess we really don't know what this thing is going to look like we do know about the scope and size the scale of the vehicle uh and it is very much a full-sized vehicle you know for all intents and purposes but as far as the lines go and especially all the finer details nobody's got a clue um so i'm so glad to hear that uh bill have you been keeping up with uh, the the grand wagoneer i haven't uh it's way beyond my uh price point oh, i think it's most but, people that's the, the position for most folks well i don't know i'm amazed at how much money people spend on vehicles like my duramax that i bought clear back in 2006 is now a ninety thousand dollar truck there's no <sighs> way i could do that god 
Yeah, so. I, I've seen those things. I see people driving around in them, and I, I just yeah. I figured they're they must be living in a mobile home. But no, uh, <laughs> you know the fifty thousand dollar bass boat, the ninety thousand dollar truck, and the uh, fifteen thousand dollar mobile home. Um, you know, yeah. and, and you live however you want to live. I'm not trying to make fun of the trailer trailer park people. I was a trailer park person. Uh, whenever I first uh, uh, had a place to own, but uh, it's uh, uh, I'm glad I'm not doing that now. No, and, and imagine the monthly nut that those people have. Exactly. Oh, I no. So, anyways, well, I'm looking you know, at the picture that you posted for the Grand Wagoneer. Uh, how do you think it would look in red? Oh no! Don't it's, say it. <laughs> it would be better, but still butt ugly. <laughs> that's that's no, interesting. I believe that, this that is going to be one of those vehicles they're little... only going to offer in like you know possibly white, black, and gray. You know, I, I don't see a, a massive color scheme uh, for this type of vehicle. Honestly, I don't see them making a lot of these vehicles. I think this is going to be one of those you know sort of uh, lesser produced vehicles, much like the Trackhawk is. You know, it's 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 a six figure vehicle unto itself. They're not making that many because they don't plan on selling that many. And the less you make, the higher you can keep the price because now it's a rare vehicle for, you know, I mean, as far as that goes. Well, I think the police actually requested that they don't make a lot of those vehicles because of the, the problems with police chases. Oh, we're catching them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so, no, no, don't do that. If, if it can go off road and go fast, then we're just screwed. <laughs> well, Jeep is planning to build solar charging stations on trails for the Wrangler 4XE plug-in hybrid. Jim Morrison, head of Jeep in uh, the Jeep brand in North America, dropped a bombshell of news in an interview on Thursday. And I'm still not sure if this is fake news because literally everybody is reporting on this right now. But to coincide with the launch of the plug-in hybrid Wrangler 4XE, Jeep will allegedly be installing solar charging stations on select trails in both California and Utah. Morrison has allegedly confirmed that electric Jeep owners will be able to charge up at Rubicon Springs the halfway point on the 22-mile Rubicon Trail, as well as on select trails in Moab, Utah. Of course, with 25 miles of electric range, the Wrangler 4XE shouldn't need a charge while on the Rubicon, and some people are guessing that with all the braking one has to do while off-road, this will keep the regenerative power going strong. In fact, FCA is now making claims that the Jeep 4XE completed the Rubicon Trail in all-electric mode with no problems. Eh, I'm calling BS, but I want to see the video. It's always good to wheel with as much fuel or electrons as possible since you never know what will happen. Isn't that right, Bill? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Drivers will be able to fully charge the Wrangler 4XE in about two hours, and most charges will be placed in camping or lunch-type spots where folks will likely want to spend a lot of time anyways. The Jeep Wrangler 4XE boasts a 375-horsepower rating and a whopping 470 feet-pound of torque and the aptly named Rubicon trim, the 4XE, is 744 pounds heavier than a standard gas-powered Wrangler. But it should still outperform, is what they're saying, its conventional counterpart with all that instant electric torque. For those who are interested in the first-generation electric Jeep, the Wrangler 4XE will go on sale later this year. You know, I've said it uh, before and I'll say it again. Uh, electric is just amazing from the torque and the instant power that you get from it. But we still have the same problem that we've had from the, the, the from I first started talking about this. We don't have something that generates uh, enough power and especially something that doesn't generate enough power for very long. Um, yeah. We we got to get there. We got to get a good power supply. And then once well, we I have a good power supply. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We yeah, have you to can't have a, charge the batteries that quickly. You can generate the voltage in the current, but it'll be exciting. Well, that's what I'm saying. The technology has to catch up, whether it's supercapacitors or uh, some uh, nuclear battery type thing, that, something that's on the horizon. Maybe they've been working on it for, for several years, and we just need something that has a much greater power density uh, so that you know you can get, say, 400 miles out of a, out of a single charge or, or fueling or whatever it is. And then, then that's going to be the way to go, especially in the off-road world. I, I still have it in my head that... Uh, get away from all the transfer cases and all the rest of that stuff and just put an electric motor on each wheel. And now you have all kinds of controls and fun things you can do. You can spin it in a circle if you want to. You know, as interesting that, as that is, you know, I, I got to question the 25-mile range and whether or not <laughs> a, a, they actually navigated the Rubicon in its entirety uh, with this Jeep in all-electric mode. Because, I mean, is that 25 miles... As you drive down the road 25 miles, because, I mean, you can't just drive down the Rubicon. Granted, it's right. 22 miles, but it's going to take you days to navigate it. You can't just drive the 22 miles of the course in a day. I mean, there's no way that they drove that 22-mile that course, that, 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 that trail, with that Jeep in a single day without having to charge it. I mean, I, there, there's, I'm calling BS. So whether they, they did it by going through all the bypasses and they didn't really ever hit an obstacle, or if they did, it was, well, let's see if we can put a tire up on that rock over there. And it was, <laughs> then that would have been about it. Um, so, I mean, there's, I just, I don't see how it's possible. I mean, okay, sure. Maybe if, if they, they went a couple few miles at a time, stopped and, and hooked up some solar charger, you know, panel or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, I just don't see a vehicle being, I mean, even in the short distances where you would be braking the downhill sections or, or trying to reposition the vehicle by, you know, controlling the, uh, the descent of it or something like that uh, with braking, I still don't see enough regenerative energy being created to maintain a vehicle with only 25 miles of range through a three to five days excursion on a trail like this. I, I just, I don't see it happening. So, I mean, I, I want to see proof for myself. I'm calling BS on Jeep and FCA until they release the video. So um, until that point, I, I think these are false claims. I, I don't see how the braking uh, for regenerative power is going to work. Uh, as you heard from my story, I had to winch myself downhill. A lot of those obstacles, you're not rolling down those obstacles. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to call BS on that one too. The other question I have is how did the environmental impact study go to put a charging station at Rubicon Springs? Thank Did you. Did they actually get that permission or are they just Thank sneak you. one in and stick it in there? Because a local Jeep club up here in my area went through over three and a half years of environmental impact studies to put a 10-foot bridge over a creek. Okay? <laughs> you don't want to bruise so the water. you're going to tell me that you're putting a solar charging station out in the middle of the wilderness BS. I'm calling BS on this whole freaking story. That's why I was saying there's like, I, I think that this is fake news. It's because there's there's so many holes in this story, but there's so much, I mean, there, there's so much to support the story. So it's just like, I don't, I don't know what to think about this. But Josh, you don't understand. This is electric vehicle. It's the holy grail oh, of everybody. Great. Of every, you got to get on board, person, buddy. Yeah. Every person that, you know, loves the environment. They, we got to bend some rules. So yes, please put a charging station <sighs> with all these 
horrible chemicals that make up the yeah. photovoltaic cells. <laughs> some jackass who thinks he's, you know, he's had a few too many. I'm going to take the Prius out there. Listen, there's a charging station just right over the hill. <laughs> no, the GPS. It's it shows there's a charging station just right here to the left. Right, right over here. Recalculating. A couple miles over that way. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, would be man. great. We'd see Matt well, from uh, Matt's towing out there, <laughs> getting the yeah. getting the Prius out, out of there. <laughs> you know, the other thing I think about too is 375 horsepower, but 475 uh, pound feet of torque. This sounds like it's set up more for the street or drag racing. You know, how controllable is that going to be? Because you know, when you're crawling through the rocks, you got one foot on the brake and one foot on the accelerator, and you're trying to control it. Is this really going to be that controllable? Or is somebody going to utilize all that torque and see how quickly they can twist off drive shafts and axles? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, see, that that's, is a problem. I see that happening. That is a problem with electric vehicles. They have to modulate that power because it certainly it, it'll twist a titanium drive shaft in half. Yep. <laughs> that's torque. I, you know, I just got excited saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely want to hear what you have to say about this story as well. If you think this is fake news or you got uh, you got something to say that might uh, give us some inside information on this, we want to hear about it. If you got a tip or a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, it's been a while since you've been over to the 4x4 Radio Network. It's time to go back and check it out. We've got a ton of great new content over there. And be sure to tell your friends about it, too, because it's not all Jeeps over there. We've got something for everybody. Everything from the On the Trail podcast, Trail Tracers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast. We're there, too. It's all in one spot. It's all off-road. It's the 4x4 Radio Network. That's 4x4 radionetwork.com we'll see you there hey coming up in tech talk planning to work on your jeep well what's the worst that could happen what the worst that could happen is while you're in there and then you know people don't hear from you for the next six months (laughs) are you living the jeep life from mall crawlers to weekend warriors from daily drivers to weekend wheelers it's all about the jeep life and it's all good it's time for jeep life with jeep mama Hey, Tony, Josh, and Wendy. How are you guys doing? Tony, thank you so much for the reminder that it was show day today. I guess when you don't have a regular job and you live in a camper, it seems like every day is the weekend and I lose track of my days. My apologies for last week. You know, Travis must think I'm losing my mind. He commented on one of my posts. He was asking if I was going to join Zoom and I said, I will be there tomorrow. That's when it hit me last week. It was Thursday, not Wednesday. I also wanted to give you an update on my Jeep. Finally replaced that torn boot on my Yeti steering system. I called Steer Smarts up and they sent a new boot out to me really quick. And remember when we interviewed Black Magic Brakes and he sent us some brakes? Well, it was finally time, a little overdue, for me to replace my front brakes. I will keep you guys posted on how they do. I'm also running new shocks, Rough Country 2.0. I'm thinking after 80K miles, it might be time to get some new shocks. Okay, so back to the Jeep life and my series on Lessons Learned on the Rubicon Trail. Lesson number four. And no, these aren't in any particular order. On episode 450, I shared how important it is to be mentally prepared and prepared with your supplies. This time, we are going to talk about making sure your Jeep 
is trail ready. And that not only means the mechanical part of your Jeep, but the items to keep your Jeep moving forward on the trail. We were using metal gas cans we got from a friend. We assumed they were good to go. Unfortunately, they weren't, and they were full of debris, which clogged up the whole fuel system on the CJ5, which was the big contributing factor to having to leave it on the trail. Making sure all your equipment and Jeep is trail ready is so important, especially on a trail like the Rubicon Trail. It's a 22-mile long trail, and there is no easy, quick get-off-the-trail point. Once you go through the trailhead, you either go the full 22 miles or you turn around and go out the inn. Performing pre-trip maintenance on your Jeep and equipment is so vital. Even those little things like checking your tool bag to make sure all your tools are still there, your gas cans and water jugs for leaks, and to make sure they are free of debris. You're also going to want to check your winch. I suggest you even pull the line out and re-spool it. Double check all your recovery gear. Pull it out and inspect all of it. Check your engine and transmission fluid, your brakes and fluids, your radiator coolant. Secure your battery. Check your belts and hoses for cracks and leaks. Your power steering system, if you even have power steering. Check for loose nuts and bolts and check your lug nuts. I noticed one of mine was loose. Check your tires, grease all your fittings, and check those seat belts. You're going to want to double check you have all your items needed to keep your Jeep moving forward, like extra parts, ratchet straps, or bailing wire, extra bolts and spare parts, even a leak kit. Josh mentioned this on a previous episode on what you should put in your leak kit. You would be surprised what you may need on this trail. Now, If you have something on your Jeep that is leaking, fix it or leave it at home. One item that is a must on the Rubicon Trail is a spill kit. While we were on the trail near Little Sluice, we ran across a Friends of the Rubicon representative. Super nice guy. He gave us each a spill kit for our Jeeps. They actually provide them at the Loon Lake kiosk. If you experience a leak on the Rubicon Trail, actually any trail, There are four steps to remember. One, control the leak. Two, contain what has spilled using an absorbent spill pad, which the Rubicon Spill Kit has, or you can buy them online. Just Google absorbent spill pad. Make sure you carry out those absorbent pads in a plastic Ziploc bag or trash bag. If the spill soaks into the soil, take that out too. Treat the spill area with a bioresponse, which is included in the Rubicon spill kit, or you can search on Google for a biodetergent. Hey, if you use one of these, call in and let us know what detergent you use to clean up so we can share it with others. I'm also told kitty, kitty litter works well, too. There are also hazardous material storage sheds located at the Loon Lake Kiosk Wentworth, Wentworth Springs Campground and the trailhead in Tahoma. Just remember to tread lightly. What you bring in, you must bring back out. Next week, I'm going to share some Rubicon Trail guidelines, which for the most part are common sense. But unfortunately, not all off-roaders have this. I'm going to also share with you a little story about the Donner Party and also what to expect on your different tire sizes. You know, uh, the only thing I have issue with is if your Jeep leaks, leave it at home. I... There's no Jeeps on the Rubicon Trail then, I guess. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, this is something that I've I've been a strong proponent of for years. I mean, if, if you've got a, a rear main seal leak to where the point of where you park your Jeep for five minutes and there's a core-sized oil spot on the ground, um, that's a leaky Jeep. And, and you're going to be leaving a trail of oil all down one of the world's most beautiful and world-class trails. So, I mean, if you want to be the guy who shuts down a trail because it was the straw that broke the camel's back because a Friends of the Rubicon or, or some other kind of park representative uh, was out there, just happened to notice that you're hemorrhaging, you know, fluid all over the trail, um, you know, this is a no-no. Uh, if you can't, you know, have the wherewithal, uh, you know, the mindset, the initiative to repair your Jeep when it is clearly in a state of disrepair, then, well, maybe you shouldn't be wheeling anyways. I mean, if you're at the point of where you've got more leaks in your Jeep than you got miles on it, I mean, come on, man. Uh, you know, this, this, is, this is a no-no. Um, you know, we, we shouldn't be out there buying stereos if we have seals that we need to be buying. You know, that, that, that sort of stuff. So, you know, I'm a big proponent for fix what is the most important first because, you know, this is the lifeblood of your vehicle. Uh, it shouldn't be leaking. Vehicles shouldn't leak. Yes, I know most Jeeps out there are old and a lot of Jeeps leak. Uh, but that's still no excuse for poor, uh, you know, uh, poor, poor maintenance on a vehicle. I was just going to ask, does, does your Cherokee leak? It's uh, about 20 years old like mine is. No, when I did my, uh, my full top and rebuild, I, I did all the seals on that. The O-ring, the, the oil filter adapter O-rings, rear main seal, uh, obviously the head gasket, valve cover gasket. I mean, pretty much all of the big leaky points on my Jeep um, have all been taken care of. So, no, I do not have any leaks except for right now. Because I have a hole through my radiator. So, I mean, but, but I obviously I'm not no going to be wheeling leaks. with a, a, a hole in my radiator. But no, I've got absolutely zero oil leaks. Oh, that's nice. I remember uh, probably a good year or year and a half after uh, rebuilding the 4.0. It was so nice not to have any leaks, but I got leaks again. Uh, so I don't, uh, I don't know how you were able to, to maintain that. It just seems to be a, uh, a common thing with the 4.0. To spec. Forking to spec. If, if you're the kind of person who uh, just tightens everything to the guten tight, uh, the German method, well, that's that's not going to work well, out well, for you. Well, you can't really you do be, that with the oil pan because it'll uh, it'll miss, miss uh, it'll bend and misshapen, right? With anything. I mean, every nut, bolt, and fastener on, on a Jeep needs to be torqued to a certain spec rating. Um, you know, so, I mean, you can, you can over-tight your lug nuts. You can tighten, you can not tighten them enough. Uh, there is a sweep point, and you know that that is certain. Depending on on you know the, the tire size and, and which vehicle you have, there there is a certain number behind all of that. Every fastener on that vehicle has a certain number that it's supposed to be torqued to. Uh, if you don't know that information, look it up. All right. Well, uh, fun, fun. At least uh, I wonder if she's going to go back. If she's going to go back anytime soon, that would be uh, an interesting trip to do uh, more than once. I guess it's like one Especially of those things more where than once in a year. Yeah. I, I think it's probably one of those things where you you go, you kind of digest it mentally, think about uh, all the fun you had, and then get ready for it. Uh, maybe in a year or two years down the road. So when when are you going to go, Josh? Soon, I hope. I can't wait to go back. I, I there was a life changing experience for me, and uh, like, and I absolutely like Boy Scouts love. Or? No, <laughs> <laughs> I I drove the Rubicon, and now my butt hurts. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that. But uh, no, it was it was just such an amazing trip, and and I was just with some of the most amazing people, and I met some just some great Jeepers out there. Uh, I just, I, I can't wait to go back. It, it is, it is just an absolutely magnificent experience and, and it's unlike anything that you likely have in your state. 
uh, or where you're at. So, I mean, and they, there's a reason why they call this a world-renowned destination for wheelers because it is just that exceptional of a, of a destination point. So, Bill, if I remember right, you guys have not been, at least I don't think Wendy has been, but did, have you gone maybe pre-Wendy? No, I haven't. Uh, my mom talked about doing that trail before she passed, but uh, she never got a chance to do it either. So I'm really oh, looking man. forward to it. It is really high on my list. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, like like Josh is saying, everyone just talks so highly about it. So looking forward to it someday. Uh, will you break something or won't you? I mean, give me a prediction. Oh. No. <laughs> right there. <laughs> the immediately. I love that. <laughs> that's I like that. That's the no, way you I'm answer not, a question. That's right. I'm not going to give that one any energy. You know, a lot of that has to do with the skinny pedal and oh, yeah. and technique. And so, yeah, hopefully I'm not eating these words next year. Oh, and you know what? You got to get the long arms on before you go, too. Oh. <laughs> you know, while you're in there. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. What a great well, hey, shakedown guys, how run. Does, <laughs> how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with your own? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. Holy hell. This is Steve from Iowa again, and I just heard my name on my pod, your podcast. Holy crap. Just about made me crash. Man, you guys rock. I appreciate everything you guys do for us. Let us listen to you guys talk about everything. Let me tell you, Josh, Tony, Wendy, and Jeep Mama, thank you for making my Fridays awesome. And this one even better. Thanks again, guys. Have a great weekend. Be safe. So if you don't remember, Steve was our winner from our Center Force Clutch. So he was just calling in to say uh, that uh, he was really excited to hear his name uh, announced on uh, the episode. And, uh, Steve, we were uh, very happy to to have you be the uh, the winner of the giveaway. Um, you know, I love how he made the little mistake there at first when he said uh, my podcast. That's what he was going to be right. saying. I love that. <laughs> I love that because that's true. This is y'all's podcast. That's it's your podcast. So uh, if, if if we're doing it right, you think it's your podcast because this is your home. This is where you need to be. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit all right you rat bastards you know i don't know why people think that's so great because it's just it's it's really bad for me to say stuff like that and now people are uh, <laughs> are begging me on to do more stuff like that but anyway don't be a rat bastard go over to jeeptalkshow.com and look for that yellow i think it's yellow subscribe button uh paid subscribe button and uh impress it i mean what is it josh like a little over two dollars a month or something i mean it's it's like less than one starbucks per month Per month. I was trying to think what a Starbucks was, but now it's a coffee place, of course. So yes. yeah, exactly. So wow, that's that's pretty good. So we need to work a deal with those people where you get a uh, a cup of coffee uh, every month uh, to go along with the uh, go along with the, the paid subscription. What do you think? Well, hell, I mean, if the next person who gets a paid subscription, I'm just going to send you a styrofoam cup with coffee in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
like that. It's a, it's a, I got my cup in the stained box. Thank you. You specify how many creams and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so go over there and uh, become a become a not a rat bastard by uh, becoming a paid subscriber. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Well, just throw those plans right out the window and learn to expect the unexpected. A famous Prussian field marshal, once upon a time, whose name Tony would probably spend a week trying to oh, pronounce, God. is famous for a few reasons, one of which is this quote. No battle plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. I've said it before, I'll say it again. And the same can be said for working on Jeeps. Although our Jeeps are far from being anybody's enemy, save for when you maybe drop a socket in the frame rail, or you rip a knuckle wide open trying to get a bolt loose. But aside from those curse-filled few moments when you'd almost rather push the damn thing off a cliff, a lot of us actually enjoy working on our Jeeps. But after decades of working on vehicles and over 15 years of building and working on Jeeps alone, I've learned a very important lesson. When it comes to working on a Jeep, the first, last, and only thing you should ever plan for is for something to go wrong. Jeep has been around for over 75 years, and there are a ton of Jeepers whose trail rig or even daily driver may be in excess of 20 years old or older. When it comes to work older rig, well, it's always a good idea to plan for the worst and hope for the best. Trying it the other way around is just going to land you in trouble. Trust me, I know. So when I hear stories of somebody wanting to tackle an engine rebuild or an entire lift kit install in a weekend, I almost have to laugh. Sure, it could probably be done in a day with the right tools, right environment, and probably an extra hand or two. And given that absolutely nothing goes wrong or sideways, but when something doesn't line up or a bolt breaks or a nut gets rounded off, then suddenly you are faced with a lot more work than what you were expecting or had planned for. So here's where the advice comes in. Anytime you are planning on doing anything to your Jeep, be sure to give yourself double the amount of time that you thought it would initially take, at the very least. For instance, if you know you can do something in a day, plan for two. You can do something in a couple of hours, plan for four or more. Obviously, there isn't much that can go wrong when doing something as simple as rotating tires, doing an oil change, or replacing a serpentine belt. I mean, I suppose you can drop the Jeep off of a jack or let a tire roll down the neighborhood into that busy intersection, or you forgot just how that belt that you literally just took off was routed. But that sort of is pushing things a little bit too far. I mean, what are you, a distant relative of Disney's Goofy? <laughs> but it's the little routine maintenance things like that which give us a false sense of security. Oh, well, once the last three times I did something to my Jeep, it went so smoothly. What could possibly go wrong with me installing this adjustable track bar? A famous last words, right? All of a sudden, you find a crack in the mount, a missing piece of hardware in the new kit, or maybe you got the wrong part altogether. It was for a different Jeep, and now you have to wait for the right one to get shipped. Anything can happen, so don't count on things working out as if you live in a perfect world. We don't, and Murphy's Law can smack you upside the head at any time. This advice doesn't apply quite as much to those of us whose Jeeps aren't our daily drivers. Obviously, we have the luxury of letting the Jeep be down for days, weeks, or even months or more at a time as we aren't under the gun to get things done in order to drive into work the next day. That being said, if you planned on doing something to the weekend warrior one day and playing the next, your plans may be ruined by a single broken bolt. From rust issues to missing parts, from broken fasteners to poorly detailed instructions, from a lack of the right tools to having to work on gravel in the rain, 
anything can suddenly get in your way and ruin your plans. So the next time you are about to plan to work on your Jeep, think about everything that can go wrong. What tools, parts, or supplies would you need at that point? Do you even have the means to drill a bolt out or cut a new flat spot on a rounded nut? Maybe you don't have a tap and die set to fix the threads on a fastener you just stripped out and it's 9.30 on a Sunday night. How far will you have to go to get the things that you need? How much will it cost and will, will that fit in your budget? Are you even prepared to deal with these sorts of issues if they come up to begin with? If not, it may be a project, modification, or repair that will have to wait until you are in a better position to deal with the inevitable Jeep Gremlins. Look, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't do whatever it is you were planning on doing to your Jeep or that every time you turn a wrench on it, something is going to break. What I am saying is to make sure you plan for every possible contingency. That way, if something does happen, it's better to be prepared for it than not to be and end up sitting there wishing you had more time off, more money, and that you would listen to your best pal, Josh. <laughs> Josh, I got, th uh, was it, three words for you. Uh, okay. Norman Schwarzkopf. No. That's a man who had a plan and it survived oh. the initial engagement. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well played. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it could have changed, but my God, I can't imagine it changed much as fast as they went into Kuwait and cleaned that place up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I just had to uh, re reach down and remember that one for everybody. Well, if you have anything to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, we'd sure like for you to jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Let us know a topic that you would like for us to cover. Hey, Josh, this is Matt over here at the House of Gong. Just want to let you know that your 12-inch is back order. <laughs> but that you know it's your way around Gong, I will go ahead and up your order to a 15-inch and get it right out to you with no extra cost. I know you're going to love it. Yes! powder-coated black... For free. Once you see the way this deluxe model swings, once you smack it, you'll never go back. Now, I know being a famous guy, you can get any kind of gong you want. I'm proud that you chose ours. So, thanks a lot. Be seeing you. That is hilarious. You know, from, from people singing songs on the voicemail to things like this that come in, we have a, a very talented listener group. Oh, that's okay. That's one way of putting it. Yes, talented. Let's go with that. That's funny as hell, man. Oh man, yeah. That was that was at a time where uh, where I was uh, buying some steel targets and, and oh, he feels about, like he has to explain. Uh, oh, then we got new listeners coming in all the time. They're like, I didn't know Josh swung that way. <laughs> only only when you smack it. Oh, you're gonna love the way. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know who it was who, who who sent that in, but uh, just a sheer genius. I, yeah, I do appreciate that, even though that was a little bit below the belt. <laughs> you keep going there. <laughs> I can't help it. Oh, it's a good stuff. You know, we mentioned at the top of the show that Extreme Terrain has released a new video. The video begins with Extreme Terrain host Meredith Evasu breaking down four kinds of soft tops. She shows them installed on Jeep JKs and JLs along with an overview of the benefits of each design. As Meredith points out, the tops are available for each generation and can be found on Extreme Terrain's website. Customers can choose a complete replacement soft top, which is great as a warm weather replacement or for those who have damaged or broken hardware on their current top. The next style she goes over is a replacement style soft top, and this is for the Jeep owner who already has a soft top installed on the Wrangler and just wants to replace the fabric if the frame is in good condition. 
If Jeep owners are looking for a little bit of extra sun protection, well, Meredith urges them to consider installing a mesh top to stave off damaging UV rays while still allowing light and air to pass through. The last style Meredith reviews is a bikini top or brief top. While not a complete replacement top, the bikini top does offer both light and weather protection and often involves the use of a header for installation. Choosing the right top is a big commitment. With all the options out there, the new video helps Jeepers feel better equipped to choose a top that works best for their rig. It's a welcome addition to the vast array of information already available inside Extreme Terrain's Jeep Tops Tech Guide. Be sure and visit ExtremeTerrain.com for more information on choosing your Wrangler soft top and for a wide array of products for your Jeep. We'll have a link to Meredith's video in the episode's show notes. Just go check it out on our site. Extreme Terrain has so much stuff over there. My God, if you haven't been to their website, uh, check it out. I, I just can't believe. And they do a lot of, uh, they do a lot of, uh, uh, I don't want to say charity, but I guess it would be. They, they do Jeep builds for uh, groups, for people that uh, uh, can't do, do a good Jeeping. They uh, spend money on uh, trail repairs and trail cleanups. So, they're really a lot about the community, and uh, I'm just really no, absolutely. I'm just really glad that we're associated with them. Now, again, really good stewards to the sport, if you will, uh, and they have a massive resource of information uh, and, yeah, and a good do. knowledge base on their website too. So if you're if you're looking for you know just how do I remove my top or or what do I need to consider when I'm thinking about rock sliders or something like that, you know they've got sections out there which break all this stuff down. And really helps you, you know, kind of make some decisions, at least a little bit better educated, as it were. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And last week I mentioned that on uh, September 21st, the North Carolina Jeepers Association is hosting a Jeep night at the small bar in uh, South Carolina, Fort Mill, South Carolina. And I like to say that the uh, event has been canceled so there will be no volleyball cornhole music <laughs> and jeeps uh, they, i imagine they're going to reschedule it at a later date and they'll probably not tell me because it's like high school all over again <laughs> no nicks allowed well that's not why i'm calling of course not I'm calling because last week, Tony, you mentioned that El Chapo was a Jeep enthusiast and you would like to get him on the talk show, but he is no longer available to talk. <laughs> so, But I would like to offer my services. And I'll let people know Nikki G can communicate with people that have uh, moved on. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's give El Chapo a call and ask oh, him a few questions. Uh-oh. El Chapo, El Chapo, can you hear us? <laughs> See, I am here. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a chicken bone stuck in my throat. Oh my God, are you choking? No, I'm serious, man. It hurts really bad. El Chapo, I understand that you have a passion for Jeeps. See, I have many El Jeepos. El Chapo, do you know what happened? To Tammy's missing D ring. <laughs> oh, See, it is I who stole Tammy's D ring. <laughs> and El Chapo, listen very closely. This is very important. What color is your Jeep? My favorite color is Rojo, which is Spanish for red. So I felt like the interpretation is necessary. <laughs> All right, Nikki G. I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye.
All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later and you have a good one. Bye. El Chapo stole Nikki G's signature uh, that he gives when he finishes up. I, you know, he, he, just you can't trust him. Well, I mean, he was being channeled through Nikki. G. <laughs> it's not the first time I, I feel. You must have needed this every day. I need it. It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep. They call them trunk savers, tree savers, tree straps, uh, all kinds of things. Whatever you call them, you should have at least one. A critical tool for self-recovery or recovery of any vehicle, for that matter, is a stable and secure anchor point. Usually, that large tree adjacent to where you got stuck makes the perfect point if there isn't another vehicle with recovery points nearby. Tree savers are designed to do just that. They save the tree from getting cut as your winch line tightens and takes the load of the vehicle. These straps also save your winch line from getting buried in fresh green wood or getting covered in sap. Tree savers trees or tree straps also give you a much stronger secure point to match uh, to mount things like a snatch block to or even just to winch from rather than wrapping your winch line around the tree and hooking it to itself. First off, this should never be done for many reasons, not the least of which is safety. Second, a tree saver can be used for other things too. These things typically are rated at a much higher load than even toe straps and make for a good winch line extender or even as a winch line dampener or a pull strap for a quick tug off of a rock. Tree savers are generally short and wide, typically ranging in the 3 to 4 inches wide and 8 to 10 feet long. I'd warn against getting the tree straps that are 20 or 30 feet in length. That is unless all you ever wheel in is the National Redwood Forest where the diameter of these trees can be in excess of 10 feet. Now, although tree straps can range from as little as $15, they can also be in excess of $100, so it's going to come down to reliability and reviews. I'm not usually going to recommend the cheapest of anything, and I'm not a fan of finding the most expensive option out there either. I've had pretty good luck going down the middle of the road so long as I do my homework and pay attention to the reviews. So the tree strap I'm going to recommend this week has had over 650 reviews on Amazon alone. All of which, every single one, were five stars. The Great America Heavy Duty, I'm sorry, the Gear America Heavy Duty Tree Strap is three inches wide and eight feet long. Constructed using military grade webbing, this is able to withstand extreme loads in excess of 35,000 pounds and resist the worst weather, including freezing temperatures and blistering sun without sacrificing any performance. The high visibility design allows the strap to be seen well, even in low light conditions, and at a price point of around 30 bucks with free returns and a lifetime no questions asked guarantee. I'd say this tree saver from Gear America is a safe bet. Yeah, and really it doesn't matter if you've got a winch or not. If anytime you're going to tie off to something, uh, maybe uh, even towing a uh, or pulling a vehicle out, uh, maybe that doesn't have tow points. I know it's not a great thing to do to, you know, put something around the axle, uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to do that if you're going to pull it, them that's out. That's the difference between sitting there yeah. and getting home. I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it, it can be, you know, used as a recovery point as well. Tony is 100% correct. So, uh, and it's a lot better to have that nice wide strap uh, on something, especially a brake line, than it is uh, to have a winch uh, a winch cable. And I, I don't say you run the winch cable over the brake line or even this thing over the brake line, but sometimes uh, you yeah, no. sometimes you do it and you don't realize it, and uh, the winch line is is gonna is gonna pinch it and maybe even cut it where this thing may Look, not. 
Even if you don't have a winch, I mean, like, like Tony was saying, this thing is great to have because yeah. uh, one of our previous episodes, I mentioned uh, a great alternative to a winch was a come-along, and, uh, and a specific come-along, in, in fact, on that episode. But, um, I mean, what would you attach that come-along to if not something like a tree with a tree strap? Exactly. Um, so, I mean, you know, just I mean, all the different uses, uh, it, this is definitely one of those things that should be, you know, one of the first couple few items on your recovery list. Uh, recovery gear list that is uh, so if you don't have one uh, and you've just been using a toe strap that you have underneath the seat or something like that really please consider getting yourself a dedicated tree strap just using the right gear for the right situation Bill I'm sure you've got a tree strap right I have that exact tree strap oh interesting <laughs> outstanding yeah, yeah and it, it works really well for pulling boulders out of the way we actually had to use a, a snatch block a boulder had fallen into a trail that uh, Cougar Buttes down at Johnson Valley. We couldn't proceed without moving that boulder. That strap worked perfectly, especially with that little neoprene sleeve on it, and it didn't yeah. skid off the rock. And we were able to winch these. It was probably large beach ball size boulder, maybe a little bit bigger. Oh, okay. And we winched it right off the trail, got it out of our way, and proceeded down the rest of the gnarly trail. I was so, never yeah, saw I'm that big fan of that. Again. It worked great. <laughs> I was going to remind you that Wendy's listening, and she's really against moving rocks around on the trail. But I understand what you did was okay. <laughs> I think she was the one that says, "What the hell are we going to do now? That rock's in the way." <laughs> well, let me show you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just move it. Oh, okay. Yeah, out here in the north, out here in the northwest, we get uh, you know a fair amount of nasty winters uh, that typically have a lot of wind. And one of the things that always is a is something that you have to deal with every April, or April or May, uh, as the wheeling as things kind of thaw out and the wheeling season begins, is what's called blowdown. And and it, this is the kind of stuff that that it's, it's tree debris or trees themselves that blow down during storms and during the winter, and they have to be cleared as things thaw out and the trails open back up. And and although you know guys will get in there with tra- chainsaws and stuff and 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 cut things out, you know sections of tree uh, or, or large branches and stuff have to be moved still. Um, and and you know just having a tree strap handy, being able to throw something around, attach to it really quickly, and just tug something out of the way really quick without having to get into some fancy rigging and all that sort of stuff, um, or mucking up your 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 winch line. Uh, this just is an invaluable tool to to have for for any Absolutely. kind of situation like that. And and you're saving your winch line too, whether it's uh, synthetic or steel. Uh, you don't want to ever uh, hook it to the line itself. You always oh, want yeah, to without hook, question hook it to something like this. And just just for those people that don't know, uh, you just want to go straight to something like the the toe strap and let the toe strap uh, be the thing that is going to be. Um, uh, doing the, the 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 heavy lifting, so to speak, because you will damage the winch line, whether like a, again cable or synthetic, either one. So you don't want to. Yeah, do that. you can damage the toe strap too, but it's a lot more easily replaced. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, now that you must have one of these Gear America tree straps for your very own, just like Bill has and uh, like I've got, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode four fifty three. A lot well, of oil here. Is that your cheap leaking, or is no? It mine? It's, it's got to be yours. <laughs> <laughs> oil on the trail. Look at this guy. Well, you know, uh, we've all got jeeps. We've all maybe even been through multiple jeeps in our lifetimes, and uh, you know, there's a reason why we got into jeeping to begin with. And uh, and regardless of what that reason was, 
um, we've all gotten something out of this sport, out of uh, owning a Jeep. And really, there's somebody had mentioned this uh, um, last week during the show, and I thought it was just a, a, such an excellent topic. Uh, that's just, I mean, it's, it's one of those feel good topics that are really going to generate some good stories, I believe. So, um, this week we're talking about what was your most rewarding Jeep experience? Uh, and, and there's a lot to go around here because, you know, that's a, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty vague term as far as rewarding goes, because that means something a little bit different to everybody. Uh, it could be rewarding emotionally. It could be rewarding physically. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, rewarding in, in so many different ways. And so I'm to hear from uh from a bunch of different people as far as what their kind of what, what the the most rewarding experience was with their Jeep. Um I mean maybe it was the day that you got the Jeep and maybe it's all been downhill from there. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was the first time you put the Jeep in four low, crawled it through a trail and you just you got that feeling of accomplishment and it was like nothing else you've ever had before. Maybe it was the first time the kids went out with you or something like that. Maybe it was the first time you got a Jeep wave back to you. That's always a good one too. I just want to hear what the most rewarding experience you've had with your Jeep or anybody else's Jeep for that matter. Maybe it wasn't yours, uh, you know, the first time that you had a rewarding Jeep experience. You didn't even own a Jeep yet. Um, but I'm looking for these kind of stories. Uh, and so we're going to, we've got a number of people around the campfire uh, tonight. We've actually got more than what we have time to, to get to tonight, which just is, is absolutely That's awesome. Wonderful. So I can't yeah. thank all of you enough. Even if I don't get to you tonight, I can't thank you for being with, on the show um, with us, uh, and some of you have been here each and every week uh, for, for a long time. So um, we're going to go ahead and, and turn the mic over to, uh, to a couple of our, our new Jeepers around the campfire, at least new to our campfire, um, and, uh, and see what uh, kind of experiences they've had with the Jeep that have been the most rewarding for them. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Keith right now. Keith, um, why don't you share with us your most, most rewarding Jeep experience? Would have to be whenever I brought my kids and my grandkids. Uh, and I have a, uh, had a JKU back then, had a JKU, and it was loaded. We had all kind of kids in there. And they were in the back. I'm glad the police really didn't pull us over and give us a hard time. <laughs> but I brought it in the creek. Spent the day in the creek, and uh, it was just a phenomenal day. I made a short video of it, and I sent it to you a couple of years ago. Uh, so maybe Josh and uh, uh, Tony McElroy. I think you guys got it just personally, I think. And, uh, yeah, it uh, rings a bell. Yeah. That was a, uh, maybe I can share that Share that again. I'm a little bit better with the uh, technology of this iPhone and shit. But uh, that was a great time for me and my family. Loved it. Yeah, anytime you can get the family involved with the jeeping experience, I, I think it's just, it brings the sport to a whole nother level. It brings... Uh, brings that you know owning a Jeep just up to to another level that you ordinarily don't get to experience because honestly a lot of the time you know the Jeep is our daily driver we're we're in traffic we're commuting with it um, we're in it by ourselves uh, and, and a lot of what we do with our Jeeps is by ourselves the maintenance that we do on it the the carpet the payment itself you know the insurance you know all that stuff and the blood sweat and tears that goes into the modifications the repairs uh, and, and the personalization of our Jeeps. Um, you know, it's just something that, that is, is unto each of us, uh, because it is our vehicle and, and being able to share that with the people who are closest to you, uh, I, I think is an experience that is unlike many others. Um, Kelly, you're, you're new to the, to our, our campfire side chat segment. I haven't seen you around, um, in around here before. Um, tell us about where you're from, what kind of Jeep you have, and what was your most rewarding experience having the Jeep? Um, so I am from Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, there's not many trails to wheel here in Connecticut, but, uh, 
we go all around Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, etc. Um, I have a 2012 JKUR named Nutmegger because my roots go back to 1680 in Connecticut. Um, and my most, uh, I would, there's so many, <laughs> um, I would, I would have to say during the height of the COVID era, um, as I like to call it, uh, there were, we were getting a uh, word that there was a lot of businesses that were still open that were low on masks and, uh, word got out in our Jeep group to be like, look, our state was, um, going, was, was giving out free masks. And so we all got up. But early, but ass early. <laughs> and uh, we went to these different locations and um, each each jeeper pretty much got a bag between three to seven masks for free. And we took all of those masks and went to the different locations, one of which was, um, I believe, if I'm correct, it was a daycare that was oh, wow. um, taking care of first responders children. And each of the employees only had four masks for the rest of that month. And so we were just like, nope, we even stopped at a distillery before we went there to drop off the masks. And uh, we we grabbed alcohol, not drinking alcohol, (laughs) but rubbing alcohol and brought that to them as well. And uh, they were very, very, very thankful. Um, And we did that, uh, I think, upwards of 10 times. And I joined in, I think, on four or five of the trips. So that was pretty memorable. We, we, the, eventually the different locations, they were remembering all the Jeeps and they were like, Oh, here comes the Jeep crew. Here comes the Jeep crew. <laughs> so Kelly, I imagine that was pretty uh, nerve wracking because uh, when the, the COVID-19 thing first came out, uh, I think everybody expected to catch it because it was uh, such a serious thing on the news. And, uh, and uh, I would imagine it was a bit scary putting yourself uh, in kind of in harm's way. It was. Um, and actually, we kind of pinch ourselves because we were all this, we're still, still hanging out the same group of people, and none of us got it, which is crazy. And that's upwards of over 30 people. Right. None of us ever caught it. So, um, but we were all safe. We all social distanced when we did it. We wore uh, either a bandana or some sort of face covering when we did it. And uh, even if we didn't have a proper, you know, medical mask, we were willing to be like, don't worry about it. We'll just wear a bandana. You take the masks. You people are in this more than us. And and I'm sure nobody judged you for drinking any of that hand sanitizer because, you know, (laughs) of the the pressures involved and uh, (laughs) no kids don't, don't drink the hand sanitizer. That's not the alcohol. It smelled good though. That was, that was uh, actually at a whiskey distillery and, um, and they, they, it was pretty strong. We were like, whoa, And it was like, I got, I'm sorry, I can't have any more. I got to go. <laughs> All I needed was one sniff, and I was like, all right, my sobriety test needs to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Good story, Kelly. I, that is that is just amazing. I, I love those kinds of stories. I mean, I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, um, one story we heard, it had to been three or four years ago, about a, uh, a group of Jeepers that got together to to help pull back somebody's house that got blown down during a, during a uh um, a hurricane or a, or a tornado, and it was like five or six jeepers, all with winch lines, all connected to the you know the side of this house, this this building, and all you know pulling at once, trying to get this thing back onto its foundation. And I mean, it was just like this group coming together and doing something for for another group or a single person, um, and just such a selfless act, putting themselves in harm harm's way, like 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 you did. Uh, I'm just hats off. I I, just, I can't commend you enough for that. 
Um, and it's just this this kind of stuff that just exemplifies uh, what it is to be a jeeper. Uh, I see so much of this stuff in in among the Jeep family that you just don't see with any other group of of, of people who are you know automotive enthusiasts. Uh, you're not going to see this this type of stuff in in any of the group. I, I don't I don't care what it is or where you're at. You know, Jeepers are are seems to be. Uh, by far, hands down, the most generous. Yeah, when did you see uh, a Prius owner, a group of Priuses, uh, no, you're not rolling not. up silently, no. <laughs> no. Or, or or doing a drive-by for a birthday during the COVID nineteen? I mean, but but then again, maybe they did, and nobody noticed. You never can. Yeah, and nobody heard it coming. So, yeah. <laughs> John, I want to hear your story. What was the most rewarding experience uh, that you've had uh, being as a jeeper, or or even before? Uh, that'd be the day I met my wife. Oh, yeah. So we actually knew each other back in college and we went on a date to our my favorite winery where she actually was a member. And halfway through the day, I told her, hey, I'm having a lot of fun, but I need to get my Jeep finished. So instead of ending the date, she came back to my shop with me and watched me rebuild the engine. Oh, I put wow. a couple piston rings upside down and burned up a piston. Oh, and burned God. up number six, well, and uh, tore the whole yeah. engine down in a weekend. Rehoned it, new rings, and she kept asking, "How much longer? How much longer?" <laughs> I told her, "It'll run before midnight." Eleven fifty-five. That engine fired up. Oh, good oh, lord! Outstanding. You would have been single today if it hadn't, John. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, five years later, she's inside. I'm in the garage and happily married. So, John, I'm oh, just clearly. gonna I'm just gonna throw this out here. Uh, I, I I know what you did. You you threw the the Jeep card at her. I've got a Jeep, baby. Uh, you need to know yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, if you don't see me, I'm not cheating. This is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to keep her there, John. Uh, that that's a good that's a good one. I. I don't hear too many uh, stories of you know the the Jeep being the center centerpiece to how a couple met. Uh, that's that that's, that's that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, Isaac, what about you? Uh, tell us, uh, you know the 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 most rewarding story, uh, the most rewarding experience you've had since you've been a Jeeper. Uh, it was probably my first Jeep drive that I put together for looking at the fall callers up in Wisconsin, and to just put an event out on Facebook and be like, Hey, let's meet up at this park and drive on the, the scenic tour here. And to actually have people come out to, to participate with you. It's kind of cool. No, absolutely. When you can put together uh, something where, where a bunch of other Jeepers, people with, you know, the same sort of interests as you and, and, and whatnot come together uh, to all do the same sort of thing. I mean, that, that is really cool. You're all, like-minded individuals getting together for a common cause, even if it's just to have fun. Uh, and, and that is very re- re- rewarding. Um, I, mean, I don't care you know, what club you are, what kind of Jeep you own, uh, how many people are in the group. I mean, anytime you get more than a couple few Jeepers together, that's going to be a good time. I don't care where you are, where you're at. Or a podcast. So, uh, yeah. I mean, look at it. <laughs> Each and every week, we're, we got you know, a few guys around, a few people around the campfire, and it's just a bunch of Jeepers having fun each and every time. Uh, Doug, what about you? What kind of stories do you have for us about a rewarding experience being a Jeeper? So, uh, August 22nd, uh, uh, we ended up uh, unveiling a Jeep that uh, we've been working on. And uh, it was all set up 
put together by uh, Mike Heath from Two, True Patriot Inc. for this uh, amazing young woman named uh, Miranda Briggs. So a little bit of the backstory on Miranda. Um, she was married to Specialist Garrett Briggs. Um, he uh, did a tour in Afghanistan and uh, um, got out of the army. He ended up committing suicide. And uh, it was two weeks after his daughter was born. Oh, man. And uh, he ended up starting a focusing on uh, veteran suicide to a day epidemic and uh, that fight the war within so uh, started the nation uh, uh, her uh, Rick Brillo that everybody calls Rick got a hold of Mike told uh, Mike about the Jeep that working on with he was still in the army and uh, losing his life uh, Mike got a hold of the Jeep and uh, ended up getting a hold of me and uh, built a box that had uh, jump from the army which is uh, and uh, I got a hold of a couple of my uh, we ended up building a really nice box and uh, that was presented to her with a Jeep that was completely redone with a new lift, a new paint job, new uh, wheels, everything else. And this is a, and it's got decals on it with her foundation name. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty emotional experience for oh, me. Bad. I can only imagine. And uh, yeah, and this amazing young lady who's raising a daughter on her own with a foundation you know it's just i don't know it's just pretty amazing and 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 she's a uh a former firefighter she was a firefighter when her husband uh lost his life and uh yeah i mean she was the first she was literally the first responder to her husband oh jeez, man and uh <sighs> yeah she's she's dedicated her life to you know stopping veteran suicide so Anytime you can well, be involved, that couldn't be a more absolutely. noble cause, really. Yeah, I mean, it was just—I don't know, I don't know. It was just probably—I don't know. It was just one of those life-changing events for me. I think. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, something of that caliber uh, that affects uh, you know a family so deeply. Um, is would I mean you you said it I mean you hit the nail on the head that had to have been an emotional roller coaster uh, to the nth degree. Um, with that being said, Doug, would you get involved in something like this again? Would you do it all over again? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, like I said, uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Heath, runs True Patriot Inc. and uh, and he focuses on veterans here in in North Carolina and. And we've got at least two more events coming up this year, and I'm absolutely going to be involved. And it's, you know, it's, you know, being there for your, your buddy. I mean, it's not just veterans. It's, it's everybody across the nation right now. Hey, Doug, uh, are, you, are, you, are you aware that we've had Mike Heath on the show? Yes, I am. 
So for you guys out there that are listening that maybe uh, haven't uh, heard the interview we did with Mike Heath uh, talking about True Patriot, Patriot uh, just go to episode 354 and you can uh, hear that and learn more about uh, True Patriot. We probably uh, we probably need to get him on and uh, get some updates because uh, that's been a while back. My gosh, that's been a couple of years, I think, uh, oh, yeah. since, since that episode. And uh, Doug, please, uh, please tell Mike we said hello. Well, all great stories. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, and Doug, that's a stellar story. I mean, all these stories tonight, uh, I-, I knew this was going to be a good one. Uh, when when uh, got well, the suggestion. Why the hell didn't you of, ask it before? You have to go through those I other things. Like, what's the best you know, Jeep name? What's your well, favorite color? You're always color? distracting me. I, you're <laughs> threatening to fire me. <laughs> no, but really, I, I knew this was going to be a good one. I knew there, there was going to be a lot of great stories uh, from this one. And, uh, you know, I... I I would love to get to 10, 11, 12 people that we've got, you know, in the show tonight uh, around sitting around the campfire to get to everybody's stories, but we just don't have the time for that. Um, that being said, you know, we're doing this each and every week. And, and although we, we aren't doing the same topic each and every week, we do pick a different one uh, for each show. And, and we encourage you guys to get involved. Uh, come around the campfire side chat with us, um, you know, pull up a chair, crack a beverage and, uh, and just chime in. Uh, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got an opinion. And we want to hear yours on next week's topic. Um, that being said, you know, make sure that you join in our newsletter um, or uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, this is where you're going to get all the information as to how to join in on the fun, how to get involved with the show, uh, and when we're doing special events, giveaways, stuff like that. Uh, so next time, make sure you join the Campfireside Chat. Go to jeeptalkshow.com contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Once again, thank you to all of our listeners, especially Keith, Kelly, John, Isaac, and Doug, who uh, who shared some great stories with us. I uh, thank, can't thank you guys enough. Hey, Tony, if somebody wanted to get on board with that newsletter, which we are sending out each and every week, and I know it's uh, to some might be considered spam, but there is a lot of great information <laughs> in there, and it's absolutely free. Tony, what do they have to do to get involved with that newsletter? Well, Josh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> All you have to do is go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash newsletter, and a very simple little screen will come up with a little blank spot where you put in your uh, email address. And, uh, and, and, and I know Josh tells me not to say this. It's really, really easy to unsubscribe. So if you're concerned about getting on a spam list that you can never get off until you, you know, change your name, move to another country, and assume another identity, uh, don't worry about it because you can always unsubscribe if you don't like it. Frankly, we're sending out a newsletter once a week, usually on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, it reminds you about the campfire side chat, gives you the Zoom meeting information. Uh, it's really just basic stuff. There's not a lot there that you're going to have to read through. We keep it really simple. It, when we can start adding pictures, we'll do that. <laughs> so, cheaptalkshow.com slash newsletter. Very good. Well, don't forget to go to jeeptalkshow.com to see the latest from events from around the nation and in your hometown. Although, right now, there's... Not a whole lot going on, but uh, nonetheless, when we do get word of events, we uh, try to get that information out to you. If you are planning a run, if you are planning a charity event or any kind of a cruise in, uh, any kind of Jeep related event, please go to our website. We have a wheeling wear form that we would like for you to fill out. Uh, That information comes straight to us and we can get it out to the masses in the next show. Uh, We do encourage you guys to give us a couple of weeks advance notice. That way we have some time to promote the event and uh, do some writing and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, 
be sure to consider becoming a paid subscriber. And all, as always, thank you for not being a rat bastard. I mean, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Somebody out there is going, these rat bastards keep asking us to pay for this free stuff. <laughs> Warning, the Jeep Talk Show and its contents are known in the state of California to cause cancer. Podcasting since 2010.